This is the one with all the usual suspects. A toilet alibi. A very big house in, in the, the country. country. <laughs> Sparkling cyanide. A giant wasp. No unicorn. An Agatha Christie. It's called the unicorn and the wasp. Here, Here we go. go. We're still on our endless voyage, all through time and all through space. With Levine and angels now, Dalek, Cyber, Zandud, wow. Tennant, Smith and Eccleston, Gallifrey, we all began. Doctor Who is cool again, that was Russell's master plan. Who back when? Reviewing all new who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna, Amy Pond, Rory, Martha and beyond. Join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Who back when? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Who Back When? A Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you two caught that up. <laughs> My name is Marie. Hello, Marie. This episode is N049. The unicorn and the wasp. <laughs> the wasp. <laughs> this guy is. Drew back when. And this guy. Is Bonkin. Hello. Hi. <laughs> if you missed it, my name is Marie. And don't oh. you forget it. <laughs> Does the unicorn and the wasp constitute a historical or is this... No, this is a pseudo-historical. It's, it's semi because some of it is based... Like, she did go dis- like disappear for 10 days. But also, there is an alien in this. But there's a, Yeah, so yeah. that's not historical, really. Exactly. Accurately. Yeah, so pseudo-historical. Or is it's, it? It's a plausible retconning of history. Very plausible. I, I mean, yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, okay. A conceivable... Plausible. A conceivable <laughs> retconning of history. <laughs> An immaculate conception of history? Look, look. Plaus- she does not get boned by a bee. Plausible what? can oh. mean with non-zero certainty, so whatever. Excellent. So that's what that is. I'm glad we cleared all this up. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, ladies and gentlemen, just for context, we just recorded our bonus episode about uh, who we thought the next Doctor might be, and we've been drinking sherry throughout. <laughs> sherry. <laughs> sherry. <laughs> Shall we jump into a um, bite-sized chunk of who? Let's. Time for us to synopsize, lobify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free for all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who. Doc and Donna rock up in 1920s landed gentry England to gatecrash a party hosted by Lady Clemency Edison and hosting a veritable who's who of the cast list of Cluedo. Among the guests is none other than Agatha Christie herself, and appropriately, the house soon becomes the scene of a gruesome murder. Equally appropriately, the infamous jewel thief, the Unicorn, is thought to be on the prowl. Now Doc, Donna, and Agatha freaking Christie have to solve the case. Yes. <laughs> All of them. Be scout over, you are welcome. Aren't you just? <laughs> Okie dokie. Anyone want to start us off with a question? Yeah, did you see this originally? In 2008. Yes. Of course. Obviously. Well, Obviously. you know, I'm realising that I hardly saw any of this series <laughs> in 2000. And I'm the one who says Donna Noble's brilliant and she's the best thing that ever happened and I hardly saw any of it. And do you know why I hardly saw any of this series in because 2008? Because of Donna Noble? No. Because in 2008, we had all met each other and were at Oxford Brooks on our course and this series was going on as we became friends. Aww, that's amazing. That's nice. And so I was with my wife... <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot mm. that semester and so i missed most of the series wow 
<laughs> well, I was single and saw it all. I don't find friends or relationships an obstacle to watch Doctor Who. I guess <laughs> we're just better Whovians than you are, Drew. That doesn't mean that my opinion is only less valid. <laughs> no, absolutely not. My question. Okay, go for it. So they just seem to appear there and kind of go, oh, where are we? They've not been any... How did they get there? I took it to be that they had taken a wrong turn, that they were actually going to the planet Zop or Zog or whatever it is. Okay. And that when she says it, she actually means it. Like, oh, okay. screw the planet Zop or whatever it was. This is much better. Yeah. It just yeah, it just seems like this doesn't have any intention anymore. He just appears places. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. So it's the controls around him. <laughs> sure. If I'm not mistaken, I think JD mentioned this at, at one point on a prior episode of Who Back When, that there's a whole season in which the Doctor turns on an actual randomizer. Oh. And every episode, he has no idea where he's going. But it, there used to be a time... When the doctor would check the scanner before opening the yeah. door, you know, like, hmm, is there oxygen? Yeah, all right, excellence. You know, is it snowing? Great. Isn't Wear his, boots. Isn't his scanner broken, though? Is it? Why would it be broken? I don't know. He isn't doesn't... the TARDIS in general a bit broken? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's camouflage. It's chameleon circuit. It's yeah. broken. Yes. But that's just the chameleon circuitry. All right. Either way, I feel like he already knew. He he should have already known that they were on Earth, obviously, yeah. and in England, obviously. Look, yeah. times are wasting. We've got an adventure to start. Okay, okay. fine, fair enough. <laughs> I think the start should have been slower and more boring and prosaic. <laughs> okay, well, it's interesting that you say that because I think that the pre-credit se- sequence is a massive giveaway. I mean. Sure, in last week's next week on Doctor Who, we got to see a giant wasp, but, in but no this- unicorn. But no unicorn. What's up with that? Oh. <laughs> But in this one, I mean, 10 seconds into the episode, we already see that the killer is a human being turning into a massive wasp. Yeah. Like this, it's a bit of a, I mean, let us figure that out. Because I have issues with this, because as well as giving it away to the audience, yeah. the wasp shows himself to everyone. He's not afraid of, like, being. So- he, I don't think he can help it. I think he is like the Hulk. But why is he... Oh my God, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, don't get me angry. <laughs> But why does he bother to disguise the murders so it looks like they've been done by humans? Oh. Like, why does he beat him? You see him with the lead pipe in his hand and he's a wasp. Yeah. I, I think that because they have no conception of this alien, they turn up, they see someone's been hit with a nearby lead pipe. You're going to assume it's a human. Yeah. But then uh, that the makes wa- perfect sense. But then everyone's seen the wasp like a bit later. He just goes flying around and everyone's like, oh, look at that giant wasp. And he still continues. The next guy gets stabbed in the back with a knife. Yeah. And by that point, they all know there's a giant wasp killing people. That's a very good point. Mm, That's a super good point. Oh, wait, hang on. Does he lose his stinger? Well... On a wasp that size, surely it's going to grow back. Oh, Which yeah, it he does. Even says immediately. So. Oh, yeah. does it? Does it? I didn't oh, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. Really the next that. time you see it, he has one. Yeah. Ugh. That's just because they didn't want to do a second <laughs> CGI right Yeah, yeah, basically. It's like, oh, we'll just reuse the same one. It's fine. But I mean, they, they couldn't exactly make the Reverend walk with a limp because then you'd know it was him. I mean, they at least yeah. managed to keep that element of mystery, for me at least. Oh, great. Until, you're for, you're for equating well. the sting with a leg. Well, you know, he's lost a bit oh. of his anatomy. Yeah, let's so. say his dick <laughs> has fallen off. Yeah, he's going to limp. <laughs> he's clearly going to limp. He's going to be ridiculous. a bit bow-legged anyway. <laughs> It's going to be a bit, mm. bit ginger, a bit <laughs> cautious with his movements. <laughs> oh, I have so many enormous problems with this episode. Okay, hang on, wait, wait, just in summary, did you like this episode? No. No from Marie. Yes. <laughs> from Drew. No from me as well. I mean, no, sorry, actually, um, no, because there are a few things that are very charming about it. Why did you like it, Drew? I liked it because it was fun. <laughs> 
Okay. And, you know, this one, <laughs> this may help to put it in some context. Actually, that's a fair point. Yeah. Gareth Roberts wrote this one. Yeah. Who he also wrote, wrote? He wrote The Shakespeare Code. Mm-hmm. He wrote The Caretaker. Ooh. Yeah, another fun episode where, you know, a bit more With human the new than Caretaker, the new one. With Capaldi. Capaldi. Yeah. yeah. That's a great one. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. is capable of greatness. Yeah. He did also write, however, The Lodger and Planet of the Dead. Oh. So, you know, not everyone's a winner. Which wait? Which one's Planet of the Dead? Planet of the Dead is the tenant special where the bus flies off at the end. Oh. oh. Wow. I think the um, like the dialogue is really hammy, and I was all like, "Oh, this is really awful. Why is it so poorly written?" And then realized that it's because Drew's making faces because he wanted to say this. I'm not. I'm just surprised. Okay. <laughs> um, it's because they've tried to shove in as many Agatha Christie novel titles as they can. Oh. So oh, yeah. whenever there's a line that sounds really awkward is because it's a title of a book. So oh, like, really? Wait, yeah. give us an example. Um, so like Dead Man's Folly, she says. And, oh. Um, that one didn't stick out too much for me. No. I suppose it, they just, there was a welter of them, so I didn't. Oh, there's something about uh, the appointment with death. Oh, yes, yeah. at the very end yes. when he yeah. takes a plunge. There's a few more, but like, yeah. Yeah, Agatha's dialogue got increasingly stilted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it definitely did. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah. So I gave it a little bit more leeway because of that, because it wasn't just terrible writing. It sure. was for a point but then that makes me think it's maybe blame the actors then because well no i feel like we've got a red thread here because it wasn't it the exact same scenario in the shakespeare quote weren't they trying to ham fist shakespeare quotes into everything well it was dylan thomas which was the weird thing this one at least is the correct author (laughs) yes i remember that well i remember that from our review (laughs) yeah i don't think it's any limitation necessarily of an actor that they can't deliver a really weird thing to say Mm. believably yeah okay i thought that they introduced you know allowance for that quite well with donna going spiffing whizzing top hole beezer at the beginning i hate donna by the way (laughs) oh what really me too she's terrible she's really terrible in this one i think she's good in this one oh well you're wrong so the, the, no, I'm not. I'm just outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, though, in saying that this is a fun episode. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, th- I think this was this was a romp and a half. I mean, I watched this. I rewatched this episode now twice, and I didn't ache through it. It was a pleasure to rewatch, but it is dumb in places. I mean, it's really dumb. There are some things that make no sense whatsoever. Like what? Okay, let's just get to it right away. The absorption of Agatha Christie's literature into the priest slash wasp yeah. is wholly unnecessary. And oh, nice use of holy. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Um, yeah. He, he, so he absorbs it from the book that his mom was reading. Completely unnecessary. And that, But then somehow as a connection to Agatha herself. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, like, that's, just does... be- that's because she grabs the stone. Oh, so that's because she's holding the stone. Yeah, I think so. Are you sure? Because then the stone gets thrown in the lake and he still has that connection with her. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember. It is also to do with her writing and her imagination. Yeah, I thought it was the sort imagination. Of, sort of provides the, the limits of his worldview in a weird way. Well, okay. While so at the same time, he knows mom, about all the universe. His mom held the stone, like, wore the stone for 40 years and he doesn't have that weird connection with her. It's yeah. Like the, the... It's just all of a sudden, it's because he got angry yeah and also the that's what triggered it object in her hands it's not like he thinks everything has to be oak paneling or interior decoration of various <laughs> kinds what bothers me about the whole thing is that he has been living a perfectly normal human life up until this point right i mean yeah. okay yeah, maybe not the stereotypical human life because he was raised by Christian fathers. 
priests in an orphanage. Right, by priests. Yeah. Okay. And it, he became a priest himself. Everyone doesn't grow up to become a priest. So it's not the stereotypical upbringing. But he did grow up as a human around humans. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, oh, by absorbing Agatha Christie's literature, all of a sudden he became aware of murder. Yeah. Because he's going off to kill lots of people. Right. And yeah, so he does it in one case by blunt force trauma. In another case, stabbing the person. In another case, by squashing the person under like a gargoyle. <laughs> like, oh, wow. The, it's only because Agatha Christie's literature is now inside his brain hole that he's doing this. Clearly, he would have murdered them anyway. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's not like but it not taught him how to be a human way. being. It's when he uh, transforms into a Vesper form, which yeah. he's never done. Has he never done it? Before last, I don't th- think he has yeah, done last Thursday no, night when she kid, was reading yeah. the book, so that that's what provided the template for his Vesper form. I don't know mind matrix because that's the first time in forty years that he's been angry. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. that's well, exactly it. Yeah, so he's never been. Ang- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a pretty cushy job being a nineteenth-century, twentieth-century reverend. Yeah, they don't go through puberty, for example. And, <laughs> but the uh, well, I mean, not the reverend. Maybe, but, I mean, they will never have gone through puberty. They will never have been angry. Is my point. Another question about the priest. Is he a local priest? I mean, I'm going to assume so. Yeah, people know it's him. It's not like, yeah, exactly. He's, he's the parish priest. Yeah. He just happens to have moved over from America to that exact parish church. Because, I mean, I'm going to assume he knows who she is, right? But the, in that she knows that he knows that she's his mom, or yeah. just that she. Yeah. Mm. You don't think so? You think it's the whole Hulk scenario that clears this up for him? I th- yeah. Okay. What are the odds that he's a local priest? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. And also, are we saying that he didn't know she was his mum? Because Wait, that's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying, but I'm starting to question it. Well, no, no, because if, if it is revealed that she is his mum, he doesn't go, Mummy, at last, all my childhood <laughs> I wanted to meet you. It's just like... <laughs> let's let's yeah. kill all your pie guests. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because... Well, he's he's killing them so that it doesn't get out, so that nobody finds out who he is. No, Isn't what? He? Oh, yeah, yes. Sorry, yes, you're because right. The guy in the beginning in the he's library finds out. the birth certificate. Yeah, he figures out who he is, and then the, the, the maid exactly. He kills her because she was there when he was born. She puts two and two together and realizes. Yeah. So, so he squishes her with a gargoyle. Yeah, but the do. guy this- in the library. Yeah, he had Professor. no way of knowing. Professor it Peach. It doesn't say on his her, his birth certificate part what. Like all he would have known no. was that this is this woman's it, long lost son. Exactly. So why why does he kill him? Yeah, and also by the way, is the but wait? So there's a birth certificate. Does that mean that would mean that he still has the same name? He's carried on the same this, identity. No, that's not what happened. She had a kid. She didn't want that kid. Like the you know what. There shouldn't be a birth certificate. Because that's the bit of burnt parchment that says maiden. So I assume that's maiden name. Yeah. It, bullshit. Yeah. So she, because she had the baby in that room that they keep locked up, right? Yeah. She had the baby there. And then presumably the maid took the baby to uh, the father's and just dumped it like in a basket on the doorstep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Rang the doorbell a, and then ra- ran away. Yeah. <laughs> Rang the doorbell? What do you know? <laughs> So that's that's what happened. There wouldn't be a paper trail. No. So that's already one murder that's completely just out of the blue. <laughs> right? Unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. So he must... I mean, I'm assuming he's figured this out. He must know. Mm. Right? Hang on, who's he at this point? <laughs> uh, what's his track? face? Mr. Hulkmeister. What's his name? Oh, oh, Reverend Template. I don't know. <laughs> Reverend <laughs> Template. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, precisely. That's fun, though. It is fun. It is fun. <laughs> How many times can I get away with that as the argument? I think that's the last one. Oh, nuts. <laughs> there are quite a few 
very vulgar references in this one as well. Really? Ooh. Do you not? Do you not think so? so Enlighten she, us. She, so she asks, maybe this is just me being a foreigner or reading modern slang into this. Mm. But she goes, "Am I a flapper or a slapper?" Yeah, I did think like it's a family- flapper girl. Great slapper. Slapper. Like, do I look historically authentic or do I look like a slut? Yeah, that's basically what she's asking, yeah. which is slightly inappropriate. Yeah. And it's quite a modest, it's a 20s dress she's wearing. It's not like a miniskirt. Yeah, like, exactly. There's no reason to bring that exactly. into it. Yeah. She just thinks she's funny because she rhymed some words. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the, then we have all the alibis, which is the, the person who's actually the unicorn, the, the girl from Rogue One. Yeah. What's her face? Felicity Jones. Bingo bongo. Felicity Jones, who goes like, oh, what were you doing Tuesday evening? Well, I took a massive dump. <laughs> Like her line is really like, well, if I'm not no, mistaken, no, no, no. I was shitting at the time. There's a different meaning to at toilet nearly a hundred years ago. Sure, but sure. I mean, oh my god, we get to hear that she went to the toilet a few times too often. I feel. Mm. <laughs> well, fine. She goes to the toilet. The other one is an alcoholic. Yeah, and then the dad, the Panta Familias, he is wanking. He's looking at erotic. Oh, He's God, like, oh yes. yeah. Oh, it was a marvelous <laughs> yeah, time. I believe I was uh, reading something. And then he gets really into his. He has this little fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Thing. I remember seeing the ladyboys dancing <laughs> magic. <laughs> <laughs> The guy, Sorry, the guy goes on a walk. He's like, I was totally on my own, completely. And actually, the um, yeah, there wasn't any buggery at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. I wasn't receiving a sneaky edge tray from yeah. the butler. Yeah, everyone's doing something a bit naughty. Yeah, if yeah, exactly. Not going to the toilet's not naughty, but no, but having a massive steamer is. <laughs> I mean, which... It's someone else's house. Exactly. That's yeah. just plain rude, yeah. Rogue One. That is <laughs> yeah, but, plain but rude. So's murder. murder. Oh, yeah, that's right. Not totally You're polite. Right. You're right. That's not coming for. <laughs> all right, but, but hang on. It, was that actually Felicity Dangerous? Is this just a joke? No, no, no that is Felicity Jones. Wow. That's 100% Rogue One. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Very weird. And Stephen Hawking's wife. Who? And, um... Oh, yeah. Uh, what what's it called? called? Not a beautiful Theory of mind. Everything. That's the other Theory one. Of everything. Theory of Everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, you're right. Cool. Oh, I forgot that Rogue One was in that. Okay. So, one of the things... <laughs> Go for it. One of the scenes I liked was the Doctor being the inspector from Scotland Yard and Donna being his plucky lady assistant. Do you mean that line? Did you like that line? <laughs> I liked the line, I'll pluck you in a minute. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> so there are a few times when she says something where she... In fact, in one case, she just opens her mouth and I am instantly annoyed. <laughs> That's prejudice, man. <laughs> No, it's in the beginning, in the, uh, you know, okay, so first off, when she goes, oh, yes, pip, pip, <laughs> terrible, Top absolutely terrible, and then at one point, she just laughs at, the, the line is, oh, why, why did you make him a Belgian detective? And Agatha Christie goes, oh, because the Belgians make such lovely buns, buns. and there's that one, just a super quick cut to, like, everyone's laughing, and then there's a super quick cut to Donna just going, ah! <laughs> Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Got another uh, line here. I'll soundbite this just because it's another vulgarity. When Rogue One has been outed as the unicorn, she goes, Go on then, you nubs. Arrest me. Mm. No, that's slang for rich people, for tough. Oh, is it really? Yeah. It's not nub as in penis. No, I don't think it's even got a K. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like nobility. Yes. Interesting. I didn't get that. I didn't get I that either. I she was calling them knobs. Yeah, exactly. She's no. like, all oh, right, you penises. Yeah. <laughs> Dick faces. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, I've gone and done it though, but you can't blame me, can I? Oh, 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 oh my god! Oh. All right, all right. Taken from my notes. If capable of being posh, then why return to shit pronunciation <gasps> and grammar? Yeah, there ain't posh. nothing wrong with that. Posh does not equal better. No, but she suddenly loses control of grammar. Yeah, it's like the it, it's like Pygmalion when she gets outed in Pygmalion. She doesn't suddenly return to her old ways of speaking because now she's almost gentrifying. She's, yeah, I mean, no, that, she's that's a little bit too sophisticated for that. That's just papering over who she really is. When you must have this. And you must have this as well. Yeah. When you talk to your parents on the phone, oh, yeah. your voice is completely different because that's who you were when you grew up. Certainly. She's putting on an accent to try and fit in with them. And as soon as she's outed, then there's no need to put on... But it's not just the accent. The pretense. It's everything. Absolutely everything. And but I, I feel know. like that wouldn't be the case. I'm try- I don't know why I'm trying to defend her because it was awful and I hated it. It was really <laughs> it was bad. Re- but both of it. The posh accent was terrible and the... Um, non-posh. What do we call those? Commoners. Colloquial. Yeah. The rough accent standards. was standards. Yeah, terrible. not standard at all. Yeah, yeah. I didn't buy either of it. Yeah. I sort of bought the sophisticated one. Sort of. It just—it's not my first language. They all felt very over the top. Like, oh yes, it couldn't definitely. have been more. Yeah, but it was being played for laughs. I thought. Yeah, was it fun? It was a bit fun. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think that the doc walking through the Ardennes because Charlemagne had been kidnapped by an insane computer was fun? And when can we oh. see that? Hello, I have a point about oh. this. Oh. Um, make it, make Ooh. it. Is this my, a tidbit? My theory. <laughs> so remember the first episode i did with you guys was blink yeah and we see the doctor <gasps> with a fucking bow and arrow on his back oh you're so right i don't think i don't know but i wondered whether that was a nod to well I, it's that a might, missing that might episode be. that's, that's a super clever connection it certainly is a parallel i mean if the if the insane computer is traveling through time then maybe because otherwise why would the doctor be traveling through a location on the way to 800s belgium you know when they have their shop set up that that's not the right time. What? You know, he he would he wouldn't stop by um the DVDs shop on the way to Charlemagne. He's got no reason to be there and that to be in the same adventure. Mm. But that's what it made me think of as well. Oh. So I wish it worked. Oh, doesn't it work? I don't know. Oh. What do you think, Leon? You arbitrate. Check this out. So uh, while while you've been deliberating, I looked up Charlemagne on TARDIS Wikia to see <gasps> if Charlemagne has popped up elsewhere in Doctor Who. Uh, first mentioned in The Unicorn and the Wasp Since mentioned in Nowhere But <laughs> Not on TV However He does pop up In a novel Called The Lonely Computer Oh Right How cool is that So Question is I'm going to look this up now The Unicorn and the Wasp Aired When did it air? 2008 2008, 17th of May 2008, and The Lonely Computer was published on 2008. Oh, well done. So the BBC already knew that this was happening. Maybe it already had come out. Yeah. So this is, it's like the Marvel expanded universe, like, yeah, you know, the Marvel yeah. universe. They're just expanding the Hooniverse by going, oh, well, actually, that thing that happens in that novel, 100% canonical. Absolutely happened. Love it. Mm, cool. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Bottle off. Bottle off. Oh, bottle off, yes. Butter. The butler. Greaves. Greaves. Mm. Uh, I mean, you're not going to sell us on Donna, I Is think. That, she said bottle off. Bottle yes, off. Yes, bottle oh. off. All right, I need to investigate. You just bottle off. Bottle is a verb. Okay. Back formation from Butler. Oh, uh, I made a note about how I thought you would react, Marie. Oh. Uh, because there's yet another... 
Oh, we're not a couple. We're not married. Exactly. We're not a couple. Yeah. Ah, nobody asked you. you. You have already spent three times more time on that than they did. There was just like a quick, no, we're not, shrug. Move on. It they moved not. on. <gasps> oh. It was almost understated. I say almost because that's impossible with Donna, but it was as close <laughs> as you get. But it's not understated when it's in every single episode. It's something they do. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's their trope. Is it like a catchphrase? Maybe it's like their catchphrase. It's not. I don't know. I mean, it me. doesn't really bug me. I just wrote it down because I know that it bugs you. It did bug me. <laughs> um, can we can we jump forward as well? Absolutely. To Are we speaking of bugs? The kiss. Oh. Oh. Yes. Uh, yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And that whole scene, that whole ruckus. <laughs> oh. My only note about that kiss is the worst possible shock. <laughs> <laughs> it would work though, wouldn't it? Well, it did. <laughs> it's also the note immediately after pantomime shit. Yes. Wow, that was yes. a terrible scene. I feel like if I really desperately needed salt to live, I would spit out my walnuts and just say the word salt. I mean, he had enough like, time and energy yeah. and a voice to say lots of other stuff. Loads of other stuff. It he was, was busy swilling the ingredients around his mouth. Well, he even goes like, oh, holy wallbang, is that really, what would I do with a cocktail? Blah, 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 blah. No, like he could just go, just give me something salty. Crazy Jesus. Or he could grab the fucking anchovies himself. Yeah, oh, like, wait, that's way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, what she said, what yeah, she he said. He doesn't know where they are, but Agatha Christie knows exactly where everything is in that kitchen. Absolutely, she's got There's it There's also memorized. kitchen staff in the room, by the way. Mm. I mean, maybe they could help. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> no, 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 they the servants that's not their place oh of course they yeah. have to be invited to. <laughs> but it seemed like that was you liked this episode because it was really funny i agree with you it was at times very funny but this scene seemed like such a forced mm. attempt at being funny it oh, was just it was oh, like, pantomime and it was and we've already had a conversation about pantomime we have had two conversations about pantomime yeah, like one. Yeah. and, and I'm, farce I'm not a fan of pantomime. And this was, it was just too ridiculous, too slapsticky and ugh. Oh, like you get every person's charades every single time. <laughs> like, first, oh, the guns of Navarone. Yes. <laughs> Straight up. Next. <laughs> No, no, I don't. In answer to your question, <laughs> so you might get it wrong and and say something stupid like Harvey Wallbanger. Yeah, yeah, you just agreed to that. Yeah. It also, <laughs> I think, if you look back at that scene, it seems as though I, I don't know what the the name of the actress who plays Agatha Christie is, but it seems like she almost can't keep a straight face during that scene <laughs> because it's like, too funny. I I don't know that it's too fu- it's okay. too something. <laughs> she's a serious actress, and she's like, what the hell is happening? Oh, God, right what now? is this? This is <laughs> what did I? Sign up. Where's the shark? I feel like we're jumping. <laughs> well, that leads us to the next question. Yeah. Has Agatha Christie, actress, been in anything else? What is her name? Oh. Very. I really recognise her, but I don't I don't know. I'm looking her up. Look her up. Talk amongst yourselves. Do it. Other things that are annoying. Yeah. When they do the like, I'm calling it a summation gathering because the internet told me that's what it was called. And they come around and go, You Oh, you're pointing the finger at me. Didn't kill the person. And then like look and they look at someone and then they look over here and it's that really annoyed me oh wasn't it really good though when they pointed at lord fatty wheels and he stood up and said, <laughs> i had this terrible secret and okay. like, that was kind of fun that was quite good yeah yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Quite like that. and donna kind of bugged me in that bit because she was like <gasps> she did it <gasps> he did it <gasps> she's standing in for the audience <laughs> oh my god let him fucking finish she's saying what we're all thinking i wasn't thinking that you weren't no what were you thinking? You were thinking, shut up, Donald, let him get on with it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> let the man speak. <laughs> okay, so the one who plays Agatha Christie. What's her name? What's her name? She has uh, possibly the best name ever. Her name is Fenella Woolgar. Wow. Fenella. Wow. 
Fenella. Fenella. That is an amazing name. Uh, she's a Londoner. She played Agatha Christie in Doctor Who, but her number one credit on IMDb, not chronologically, but she's most famous for, Bright Young Things, in which she played Agatha. I'm on my way to see if this is Agatha Christie. <laughs> It's just no, really look like Agatha Christie. No, it's not. It's just Agatha. But <laughs> well, that, that's some lazy ass casting. <laughs> <laughs> Swallows and Amazons. She was in that last year. Oh wait, check this out. She was in two episodes of Agatha Christie's Poirot. <laughs> oh uh, wow. Yeah, she wow. was in Lord Edgware Dies as Ellis and in Halloween Party as Miss Whitaker. That's oh, pretty yes. cool. That's that's cool. I, 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 I quite nice, like that. Yeah. Oh, she was in St. Trin- uh, Trinian's. Yeah. Yeah. As Miss Cleaver. The remake, we should say. That's a sexy name. Uh, no, that's Miss Cleavage. <laughs> no. Yeah, actually, yes. Way sexier. So what did you think? Because I, I thought she really looked the part. Yeah. I really liked her. I thought she was cracking, actually. She yeah. was great. Yeah. Yeah, she was very good. Mm. And there were a few scenes where her interplay with Tennant was just spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like when she took him to task and said, wait, I think I wrote this down. How like a man to have fun when there's disaster all around him. Oh, yes. That yeah. was a nice That one. was very nice. Yeah. Oh, you go, girl. <laughs> that was a really good one. Yeah. Cut him right down to size. <laughs> <laughs> I had to Google this, by the way. I, I didn't realize that Agatha Christie did disappear. Not for mm. 10 days as in this episode. 11 days. 11. Yeah, mm. I did not realize that was, that was completely true. I think I'd heard about that or I Googled it the first time I watched this episode, but I was aware. But yeah. that, that was one of the things that kind of annoyed me most about this episode is that there is an actual mystery there. There's a real life. What happened to Agatha Christie? Mm-hmm. And you get there on the day that she disappears and it's all mysterious and we think we're going to find out. And then it's just, oh doctor dropped her off in his TARDIS 10 days later. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, wouldn't it have been a much more interesting episode to eg- like explore those 10 days? Well, presumably she was just unconscious for 10 days. Yeah, well, yeah they gave well, her medical treatment. In this in this version of events, but I mean, like, if you're going to take that as Oh, a I see what you're point, saying. Yeah. You're, you're, oh my goodness, yes, yeah. that would make... Wouldn't that have been fascinating? Yeah. You know what? The BBC just missed a trick because yeah. that would have been a perfect bit of yeah. Agatha Christie lore. Yeah, exactly. And rather it, than just use her as a character in something else. Exactly. That's perfect. Oh. So that kind of bugged me because they set it, you up for it and they tell you all this, tell yeah. you this story and then it's just such a letdown when you find the end of it. Where were you when they were penning this episode? <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's very, very true. Good point. Until five minutes from the end, they were answering that mystery perfect because mm. by the side of the lake they're saying oh she'll forget all this and that's why she doesn't start writing stories about giant wasps, giant wasps. although we'll get to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, no okay and and but then <laughs> 10 days later they're waving her goodbye as she walks into the hotel so of course she's going to ask who the hell are you and what's your blue box doing there <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. does everything that one scene yeah also why did they bring her to a hotel in harrogate and why was it 10 days later? Well, 10 days could be because she was actually just unconscious. Maybe it took them exactly that long a time to, mm. you know, get her to recuperate. But why bring her there? If It just felt like he'd read that this is what happens to Agatha Christie, so I will make this happen to Agatha Christie. He was just... But that's like, that's Bill and Ted logic. Yeah, I know. That's not... But he could have done it. He, he could have he explained that she was in a coma yeah. and they dropped her off at the hospital and she woke up in the hospital. She didn't have to do the wavy goodbye, although she didn't... She just turned and they yeah. watched her. Oh, it was a hospital. <laughs> it wasn't a hotel. Yeah. Okay. No, it was because it was the Hotel Har- Harrogate Hotel. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Hotel. Very inventively named. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hotel in Harrogate. Guess what we should call that? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But it, what I'm saying is it would have been easy. I can't do it off the top of my head now, 
but two minutes of application and we could rewrite this to make it work. Yeah. 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 True. Oh, Gareth. Okay. I, so we get a we get a reference to the other Gareth episode. We get some Carrionites. Oh, oh yes, in the box yeah. of C's. In the box, the box of, of C's. They're quite a small box of C's for. Uh... <laughs> bigger on the inside. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, sorry. It's a, it's a, it's a. What was that? What was that line again? It's a very small box of C's. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Drew is blushing. Oh dear. So the uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we we hear the Carrionites still screaming, and the Doctor couldn't care less. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, eternal torment for those. <laughs> Put them here. Toss them to the side. <laughs> also, maybe be a little bit more careful with that thing because if he cracks the glass, are they going to escape? Like, what is going to happen? True. Yeah, it's like toughened glass. Also, that is that is so hot. Mm. Have they not? Suffered enough at this point. Yeah, I no, like they have. No, well, no, I don't think they have. <laughs> you don't think they have. I, I don't think they've repented more. of their evil ways. Oh, screaming forever. <laughs> oh, is that, I mean, it's actually <laughs> at least at least they're oh. not at the heart of a star or something. At least they get to accompany oh, the doctor yeah. on adventures. Oh, right. Do you mean like oh, at least they haven't been chained up in chains, forged from a collapsed. Sp- something yeah exactly or just tricked by being thrown out into (laughs) space no no here we are in Harrogate whoops no it's deep space (laughs) my mistake the circuits are all screwy (laughs) anyone else got uh, any particular points to make about this uh, wasp Uh, wasp we haven't talked about the wasp oh my goodness oh go for it Drew for me this episode was a sort of JD hothouse situation because oh, really? I fucking hate wasps. It, it did scare me a couple of times. Did it? Like, really? like I, it wasn't too much of a stretch to. Well, I probably had dreams about it to imagine a wasp <laughs> that size chasing me through the fucking house. <laughs> pretty terrifying. Mm. And also, I thought that it, for, you know, for Doctor Who CGI, it looked pretty good. I think so as well. So it, um, was, it was good. Well done. Oh, you don't agree? I was gonna say it wasn't good it CGI, and it looked it looked like quite a cheap episode because whenever they could, they would film the reaction from someone rather than the wasp so you get people just back into a corner going ah um, mm, interesting which yeah i i think the only cheap element of the effects were the the lights yeah the the very i mean we talked about this before we press record the um the equivalent of family of bloods where in this case everyone gets just a green light like agatha christie has a green light why well, no, no, why she, is the green light she, shining she on, on Agatha Christie? magenta light yeah oh right okay fine the firestone <laughs> colored light oh is it magenta oh right and the family of blood they have the green lights that's yeah. what it is yeah sorry but wh- why there's no one there with a flashlight. With a firestone is in uh, the bottom of the lake. Yeah, but it's connected to her brain by Wibbly Wobbly. Wibbly Wobbly. And therefore, cosmic flashlights and yeah. strobes. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. That 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 was the cheapest element. Certainly. That that was that was very cheap. But in a way, that's still okay. Mm. Like it, it almost harkens back to classic Who. You know, yeah, it's the you could still pull off this series if you filmed it in a BBC garage <laughs> kind of thing, just a dark room with boxes. That's that's a bar you've set there. That's that's what Doctor Who did, <laughs> right? That's classic Who. That's yeah. a lot of classic Who. I thought the wasp sting looked really good in the door. Oh, yeah. they dwelt on that, that and it did look biological, but also wouldn't. It was, it was just good. Oh God, I'm so aroused <laughs> by everything that's coming out. Of <laughs> However, Donna's reaction there was also <coughs> terrible. Like, oh, no, it's huge, but I don't mean huge. It's flipping enormous. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my goodness! Just but they wouldn't stop. believe her. They were just like, "Oh, you silly little thing! Just sit down. Just it's only at, a little point, at, point at the thing." She, yeah, she looks like a silly little thing. If you say it's human sized, yeah, then they people take that seriously. If you say there's a giant wasp next door, no, one, everyone's gonna laugh. Also, at you. just point at the huge stinger. Yeah, just just do just that. Do that first. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right, guys, check this out. Now I'm gonna explain what this is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because she thinks they will get it, and they're just being obtuse. And also, her articulateness has suffered a because there's a fucking six foot wasp on the other side of the door <laughs> okay oh oh, oh 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 another problem with the wasp oh no okay so the way that she escapes the wasp in that room that first encounter with the wasp her first encounter yeah. with the wasp is by using the magnifying glass oh uh, yeah right? dead clever mm. great well done <laughs> Donna. minutes later they encounter it again because they're chasing it right yeah and she then scares it away just by holding it up. And it's as though this wasp, who is also a... I mean, has had a whole human life, has forgotten what a magnifying glass is. It's as though the wasp thinks, oh, you know, it's a Pavlovian reaction. Oh, yeah. no, you know, that thing shoots laser beams. You know, it, it. no, it's not. It's a magnifying glass, and you have seen a lot of them throughout the 40 years that you were surrounded by magnifying glasses and other human nonsense. Yeah. Makes I, no sense. Well... The only, I guess you could, maybe you kind of lose a lot of your human memory or brain or whatever when you go into your wasp form. Oh, yeah, he's maybe. busy concentrating on how to fly and not bang into the walls. Because like, actually that fits with what you were saying earlier about like, um, he absorbs the Agatha Christie book and therefore that shapes his worldview and you kind of go, oh, but what about the 40 years before that he's seen humans, he knows. But does that mean that he but- is suddenly a completely different character now than he was days ago? I don't think so because they invited him to the party and everyone knows him and he knows everyone no but like in when you're in your human form you're the human and when you're in your wasp form you're in agatha christie land you're in agatha christie yeah. land yeah. yeah he couldn't give a sermon as a wasp <laughs> I, w- I would agree with that damn both of you you just <laughs> shut <laughs> <up again. laughs> but he but he's definitely a more intelligent wasp because i don't think if you if you hit a what like a wasp with a magnifying glass laser it doesn't yeah. then it's not then afraid of all magnifying glasses also well, it's, it's, it's a, a deta- best form isn't it from the I don't know, Cthulhu galaxy or whatever it was. (laughs) Less intelligent than a human, more intelligent than a wasp. Okay, do you not think that maybe... I mean, a magnifying glance is a detective trope. It's a detective stereotype. Mm. Would he not recognise it from Agatha Christie land? Ah. Oh, that's good. Yes. (laughs) Strong. In both your faces. (laughs) Well done. Okay. Hoisted our own petards. (laughs) I love praise. Okay. <laughs> I only have two more notes. And oh, I uh, know I have four more notes. Wow. Five more notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have five more notes. Anyone want to jump in or shall I grab one of these five notes? You go it. for it. All right. All the decent men are on the bu- on the <laughs> other bus. Or Time Lords. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's another one in a long, long uh, row of attempts by the I guess Doctor Who production team to go, "Guys, like let's just—it's completely normal. Let's include it in our multimedia. Yeah. We had Captain Jack. How many times were there hints to? Oh, maybe the Doctor's by. Hmm. Why wouldn't the Doctor be by? But that's not something that you could ever conceivably discuss in Classic Who. But now you can discuss it. Although, isn't isn't his line or Time Lords effectively telling that he's not? Oh, that he's bus. gay. Actually, is what he's saying. No, he's not. No, no he's it's, saying the opposite. It's ambiguous. Is it? Because she she says all the good men are on the other bus, meaning all the good men are gay. Yeah. And then he said all 
They're time oh, lords. Oh, all the good men are so all either the good gay, men or are gay or time, or time lords. lords. He's not saying he's both. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's deliberately ambiguous. I think it's an equivoc. Oh. Yes, an ambiguous <laughs> oh. statement. Oh, do you? Thank you, word of the day. Oh, well done. <laughs> well done, you and word of the day. Mm. Okay. But I agree. It's nice to like throw it in there and just have minor characters that are... Yeah. It's not a, it's not a big plot point. It's exactly. And it's something that it I think Doctor Who does really yeah, well. Yeah, I think that's good. Anyway, next note. Maiden! Oh. Who shouts that again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, aside from that one little cutscene, Tennant, I think, does a very neutral... He gives a very neutral performance. Really? Show yourself! That's neutral by Tennant standards. <laughs> Actually, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, am I carrying on? No, no, I've got one. Go for it, thank you. The, the two worst actors in this entire episode... Donna? Nope. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> nope, not even close. The Thieves... In the church, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> like, the, like the vicar comes up, you're stealing my stuff, and they're just like, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> they, they don't do anything or say anything. <laughs> they're just fucking, you know, vacant <laughs> flesh bags. It's they're, they're so pointless. Vacant flesh bags. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean they could have reacted in some way. They and and also it just it just meant because they were so featureless that. All the all the um, emphasis was on had to be on the poor guy who had to go. I'm quite angry. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was a bit. Awkward. Did you like that? No. I mean, Did it's you? not that they kind of liked it. Yeah. What's Buzz? Because of the beating of their wings. It's yeah. not because they're shouting out Buzz. <laughs> I'm coming, Buzz. <laughs> good point. Okay, Very good point. Because there was a bit. <laughs> When they're all sat down to dinner, yeah. and he's the priest guy is sat down with them, and they start hearing the buzzing, and it's like, where, oh yeah, where's the buzzing coming oh, from? I didn't think is about he that. like doing it and throwing his voice, or or because you very so you hear buzzing and then you see a shot of some, him at the dinner table, yeah, and he hasn't got wings at that point. Yeah. He's just got his mouth shut, so they can't identify the source of the they noise. They don't know where it's coming confusion. from. Yeah, I really like that scene where they're looking at everyone, and you're thinking, well, one of these bastards has to be the wasp. <laughs> when you're looking for clues in all the quick cuts, and yeah. Really because yeah, yeah. yeah the, the first time I watched it obviously you don't know it's him and it is brilliant and the second time round, I was like well what how is it him how can mm. oh I hadn't thought about that that's that? a plot hole in my mind I think so I think that's a massive plot hole yeah okay it, 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 another question about him the it, so at some point she went to was it Delhi somewhere in India I can't remember. okay yeah. she was away anyway it yeah. was Delhi it, it was, was Delhi, Delhi. okay Good so way. she goes to Delhi she sees handsome Christopher <laughs> she meets handsome Christopher <laughs> who is actually a wasp mm. and who <laughs> god damn it sees so a wasp he has taken on this human form in order to woo her he takes her to the bone zone and he drowns very sad story mm. because so, wasps can't fly above rivers <laughs> no 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 they can't so <laughs> story checks out so <laughs> So he's now impregnated a human female yes. with his wasp splooge. Yes. She bears a child that has a human form, but that at some point turns into a wasp, meaning this child has both sets of DNA, right? Yeah. Why, uh, when it turns into a wasp, doesn't it turn into, like, this <laughs> gloopy, gloppy shit on the floor with, like, one wing? <laughs> like, that's just <laughs> in constant torment. Like, why doesn't it turn like into the, the inside-out dog in the fly? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or, at best, a Lazarus effect wasp. <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, actually, no. Oh my God. Yes. The fly. The like the actual. Is that what you mean? Like the end of the fly? Yeah. With, I was thinking of the Inside Out dog at the in in fly and in fly two. Uh. You know what? I this thing should look like a total Cronenberg. Yeah. Just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> Interbreeding, not encouraged. <laughs> oh, I did like I did like Tenant's line. A little bit of buzzing there, Vecca. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cheeky. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Um my the only thing I thought about the ending um was it was I think it was kind of trying to be quite a thoughtful moment because they were saying oh isn't it sad agatha christie never knew how famous she was yeah um and it just completely fell flat for me because um spoilers but they kind of do the same thing with the van gogh yeah you're right i I thought about that as well yeah and but they do it so well because he's had this tragic life he's not um well thought of when he's alive yeah and um they want to give him like they know he's gonna kill himself. They give him this hope, and they get like it's so powerful. And I think like it brought me to tears that episode. Yeah. And this episode, she's she's really famous. Everybody knows who she is. Um. And not just that, she at this point maybe thinks that she's not gonna be that she's gonna remain just famous. Yeah. But before she died, she was well aware of the fact that she was super famous. Yeah. She's like incredibly famous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but she so, died like thirty or forty years down the line. But, but yeah, no, that's thirty or forty years of being aware of her fame yeah. down the line. Yeah. So it's not like she's dying like an unknown person or exactly. my, my books will die. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah. The... Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, but in this episode, time's in flux for some reason. Hang on. And so she might die. Wait, actually. time's in flux? Yes. The doctor says, actually, we don't know how this one's going to end because I've decided time's in flux and we Wait, might what not that have an Agatha mean? Christie anymore. What does that even mean? That means nothing. I didn't even notice that line. It means that we don't have any fixed point in time bullshit is what it means. I just like, like uh. for, for context to so like how famous she was at this point. Yeah. So the 10 days that she went missing, she was the front page of the New York Times. We had a thousand police officers looking for her, 15,000 volunteers and several <laughs> helicopters in the 1920s. I didn't um, even realize they helicopters. had helicopters. Exactly. I was just about to say the same. What? Exactly. So that's how famous and well thought of she was then they're all, they're all like Da Vinci helicopters yeah Mark 1 <laughs> <laughs> this, well this is according to Wikipedia so but that's awesome yeah so I just uh, yeah it was trying to do something really sweet and it just didn't really I don't know if I would have thought it was nicer if you hadn't have had the Van Gogh episode to compare it so yeah. directly to yeah but it felt a little flat for me I think. yeah it was misplaced yeah should we talk about Death in the Clouds. Oh, the yeah. Book. Let's. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's. Yes. Go for it. Go for it. Reprinted on paper in the year five billion. <laughs> in the year five billion. <laughs> well, there was actually, she did actually write a book called Death in the Clouds yeah. in okay. 1935. Good. Well done. Did you not have a tidbit about that? Or oh, no. I just. Say about that? So, because on the, on the cover that he shows us, I. It looked like a giant wasp attacking a plane. And I was like, oh, wow, Agatha Christie did sci-fi. That's really cool. I had no idea. And then I Googled the book. And it's not. It's just like another murder mystery. And basically Poirot think they're on a plane somebody dies and they think it's an allergic reaction to a wasp sting ah. and then it turns out not to be so ah. just a regular wasp though. yeah but that's because she sort of dimly remembered it bled through into and she her never mind. encountered another wasp in her entire <laughs> life yeah, yeah. <laughs> this must have been what what inspired her yeah <laughs> oh that's a bit silly yeah later remade with snakes 
That's a film with Samuel L. Jackson. Good work. That's really good. But it's good to know that publishing doesn't die out. Yeah, exactly. So something else that you brought up before you press record was we've seen the end of the world. Yeah, but I couldn't remember the date, but he takes Billy Piper to the end of the world in the first series. Yeah, in the second episode. Yeah. Which is not the end. Okay, yeah, it's the end of the earth. It's one of the many ends of the earth, I think. I think we've actually talked about this on Who Back When. I don't really remember, but I think it's one of the many ways in which the earth is seen to die. Yeah. But mankind itself sort of survives beyond that. Even though, actually, no, that's not the case, because in that episode, no, Lady Cassandra or whatever human. is the last human, yeah. But I guess it doesn't mean that pu- publishing can survive beyond humans. That's right. You know, the B Why format. You, oh. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> that was a B format. Also, <laughs> need I remind well you... Well observed. <laughs> Thanks. Need I remind you, humans survive until the very end of the universe when Jacoby has a rocket full of them in Utopia. Oh, yeah, you're right. They are the last people when around. When is that? Don't feel like they had many libraries aboard that massive ship. <laughs> true no i meant that humans survived you were talking about did humans die out and they just carry on all the way to- and they're very oh, that's, very that is true. nostalgic and they go like paperbacks die out and then they get brought back again yeah. because it's like retro it's the new hipster thing yeah it's my theory <laughs> <laughs> must be really tough because all those humans then get turned into uh, what are they called the gonads oh the little balls yeah, the balls. The silver balls. Toclophane. Toclophane. Can't turn a page as a Toclophane. No, it has to be downloaded. <laughs> yeah, sucks to be a Toclophane. <laughs> ebooks, though, huge among them. <laughs> All right, sorry. I have a point, which is that this series, one way or another, each episode seems to be addressing the concept of free will from a slightly different angle. Oh, Ooh. interesting. Talk like, us through this. Like, this came up with the Sontarans when the Doctor said, I have to go up and give them a choice even though free will as, as a concept doesn't apply to them because it's their genetic it's, code. Yeah, They're a cloned instincts. warrior race. Yeah. yeah. Last week, what was last week? What was last week? Was last you mean week? the one you missed? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Doctor's daughter. The Doctor's daughter. Yeah, well the Doctor's done. daughter. In that, <laughs> the Doctor thinks that the human-bred soldiers are incapable of thought and Jenny manages to overcome her instinct to kill and yeah. shoots the, the pipe instead of the old guy. And this week, we have the Wasp and Donna drowns it. And the doctor says, oh, it couldn't help it. And doctor says, neither c- Donna, Donna says, neither could I. I think she's lying. Wait, wait, hang on. Wait, what was that? What? Who does what and says what? Do- Donna, th- Donna throws the Firestone into the lake. Yeah. The wasp goes in after it and therefore drowning because... And the doctor says, oh, you shouldn't have done that. It couldn't help it. He's but- like, def- he wants... Yeah, because he wants to give... Always he gives something... A chance. The chance yeah, to exactly. change. So go to the wasp. Don't kill any more people. Please, um... <laughs> yeah. You may want to rethink your actions. Yeah. You're not... Sp- no, he's, he does. He shouts up to the wasp. You're not supposed to be like this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Donna robs him of that chance. She makes a decision for him, and that's why he doesn't like... I think if he'd have done it, it would be okay. Okay. But he doesn't like that choice to be taken away from him. Hmm. Oh, I see. Ooh. See, my thought was Very that this is coming up so often, I didn't know whether this was some recurring trope that would be resolved at the end of the series somehow in the big wow. finale, but... I can't remember. Well, let's, let's look out for it. Yeah. And, uh, How many more episodes in this season? Five. Five. Five or six. So what we have coming up, by the way, oh my God, I'm so excited. <gasps> Silence in the Library, Forest of the Dead. We have Midnight, can't remember that. And then we have Turn Left. Huge. 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 
Huge. Yeah, that's that's wow. Neither one of us is good at doing Trump. Apparently, I thought you'd no. be great. Do it. I just tried. Oh, Don't okay. make me try again. Uh, <laughs> and then we have the Stolen Earth and Journey's End. Sick. Good. That's that's it. I think the next yeah. Doctor is the Christmas special. And then is this the end of Tenant? No. No. It's the specials. It's the spe- all the specials after that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're exactly. Yeah, Planet of the this Dead is, is a special. What's the Mars? Special. End of time. Christmas special. Oh, my goodness. Mm. What? How weird. All right, yeah, I didn't realize that. Anyway, so that's all coming up. Uh, are we done with this episode? Shall we jump into quick ratings? Yeah. Anyone got anything else they want to say? Speak now, forever hold your peace. That's so, sort of business. I just wanted to speak on behalf of 19th century reverends. Okay. <laughs> Because, I mean, I don't know if I... I mean, I'm certainly the minority in this room as, okay. a, as a holy believer. Yeah. But every time there's a jibe at, like, Christianity or religion or not to, I, I can't help but wince a bit because it's part of my identity. And I just have to live with that. And that's fine. Were, were there jibes in this episode? Yes, yes. The, oh. the reverend... Also, you said 19th century. So, well, I mean, he was born in the 19th century. Oh, yes, you're Sorry. right. Oh. Turn of the century reverending. He always, he's always going to win. He's always right. Yeah. Always going to win. Anyway, the point, the point, <laughs> the point was, was that the reverend was like, I've had my mind opened up. You and your silly tribal sky gods, blah, blah, blah. I do remember that. Yeah. 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 You're right. And I just wanted to say that, read it in a Bill Bryson book, a huge swathe of the Oxford Dictionary of National Biography is given over to reverends who in the 19th century, because they were this sort of middle class with nothing to do all week except give a sermon on Sundays, they actually... Yeah really helped advance science they were all they dabbled the foundations of modern science and the, the dictionary is full we're, of them we're in Oxford right now the first library building was where the monks stored their books on the high street the yeah. library yeah yeah. in direct connection with uh, the church so yeah yeah so I just thought it was a bit of a cheap shot and just wanted to complain a bit true <laughs> 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 complain never <laughs> Okay. Yeah, all right then. Can I end it on a better note? <laughs> yeah. Let's... What, Come have I on. what have I got? What have I got? I must have something. Give us something. <laughs> uh, poppycock? No. Edward Lear? <laughs> Edward Lear? Yeah. Who's Edward Lear? I had to look him up as well. I wrote children's books. I liked that comment, actually, because it, from a person with no Doctor Who background, he does talk nonsense. He names all these planets and then creatures and yeah. time and space and... In, people just flow with it most of the time they just un- seem to understand what he's saying and she kind of goes no this is this is poppycock this is like yeah yeah true yeah she pulls him up on it again one thing i thought is the silent pool also an agatha christie book because that bit was stilted uh, as yeah. balls i bet it is yeah. oh we're at the silent pool there's something <laughs> i remember another one is like something about catching a bird or i don't remember this no, did you not like the the whole donna seeding her um, Imagination with murder on the audience. No, Express terrible, stuff. terrible, oh, terrible, oh. terrible. Oh, copyright double noble. Yeah. I can't do an accent, I'm sorry, oh, but... That was absolutely awful. <laughs> Not your accent, Donna Noble. Yeah. Absolutely awful. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, shame on you, mm. Doctor Who, for doing that. Agatha Christie thought of those stories. Yeah. 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 Let's not add some sort of weird backstory where, oh, the only reason she had the idea for Murder on the Orient Express is because some bad actress said it in her presence. Yeah. No, it's uh, okay. yeah. Damn it! I really like this episode, but all my notes, oh. my notes, my notes <laughs> are full. Of, no, my notes are full of rubbish. Like Miss Chun, Miss Chandrakala, why don't you move when this thing is toppling <laughs> from the top of the incredibly tall That's building? Such a good Fair point. point. Yeah. Oh, oh there must um, be something. How did he know that she needed killing as well? Because he wasn't in the kitchen when she made the connection and worked out who he was, and she left immediately left and said, "Oh, I must go and tell Mrs." Da-da-da. And then she got killed. Oh, I don't have an answer for you. 
true. Pothole. Pot <laughs> why did why did he know that she was killing? Like wasp wasp guy was killing off people that could make the connection that knew who he was. Oh. She figured it out and went to run off and tell her like mistress. Yeah. And immediately got killed. And like she was never seen outside before that point. Yeah. Oh, this is mysterious. All the while, Masonry like, bomb. Inside, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, you guys, you're dragging my rating down Sorry. point by point. Oh. No, I think it's justified, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. I'm, I'm going to be really harsh because um, I. It did annoy me quite a lot. I expected you guys started this episode going, "Oh, it was really fun. There were some really charming moments, and it was re- like, and it was funny." And you haven't. I don't think you've told me any nice charming <laughs> moments. Like, <laughs> I don't know which bits you found funny. Um, therefore, I can't. I don't know. It's not much to praise. So I'm just. I'm gonna give it a one. One. <laughs> wow. All right, Sorry. <laughs> 1.0 from Marie. D- did you want to go last? Is that what you said? I, I can go next. All right, go I'd next tell Marie some of the things I liked. I liked most of the scenes where they were all together, all the suspects in the room together. Mm. I liked the one where Dr. Shouted, show yourself in the corridor, and everybody has a room, and they're all that looking was fun. at him. That like, was quite That cute. was fun. Yeah. square one. Very Hanna-Barbera. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> And oh, I, I did mention the the scene where you're the quick cuts and who is it and just the mystery. They yeah, kept the mystery that, going throughout. But that scene annoyed me. Oh well. Yeah. Um, I liked you, Leon said all the Doctor Agatha interchange. Yeah, that was good. their dialogue. That yeah. was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to get into my real rating now. <laughs> Find it. It wasn't spankingly brilliant. But it was a fun historical mystery. There was a kiss that didn't derail a character's entire arc. It would have done for a lesser companion, <laughs> Martha Jones. But Donna, she stays Donna. And uh, Tennant played his Poirot well. Agatha was a really solid cameo. 3.5. <gasps> uh, oh, God. So oh, high. my goodness. That's that is so way high. too high. Oh so God. fun. <laughs> I had I had 3.5's worth of fun. Wow. Okay, well, it, interestingly, I will say, I, I just looked up what this episode gets on IMDb. Mm. And it gets a 7.4. Yeah, but IMDb are very overgenerous for TV stuff. Are they? Yeah. They they score films a lot more harshly than TV. Like, if you get an 8 or a 9 in TV, it's quite... It's not... It's actually it doesn't not mean it's amazing. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. yeah. I mean, extrapolating Marie's score to IMDb, no episode in history would have got a 2. <laughs> no, li- literally none. <laughs> okay. All right. I will also say I did find this episode fun. I liked the Hanna-Barbera interludes, but I didn't like all the bits that were intentionally trying to be fun. I didn't like the slapstick. I think it's fair to say any of the Donna bits, like any time she said anything in this entire episode, it was an attempt at humor and it fell flat, unfortunately. What I did like, though, was the ambience, the 1920s ambience. Mm. And that actually adds to the fun for me. It's like, oh, yes, you know, they've got a nice car, it's nice music, everyone's very well-mannered. And then, obviously, the whole Poirot pastiche. Great. But because the alien doesn't make sense, 
I don't understand the backstory. I don't understand what the paperwork was. What did anyone figure out? Oh, I understand that it's the son, or I understand that it's the preacher, or I understand that they're the same. I, no, I don't get anything. The maximum there. you get is they have the same name and were born at the same time. Which I feel would, in that case, be like, oh, you know, when the butler in the beginning introduces everyone. Oh, and here is uh, the father. <laughs> uh, what what was her name again? Hang on, what was her name? Something Edison. Clemency Edison. And here is father Clemency Edison. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, that's what it should have been like. Yeah. yeah. So it, that makes no sense. I'm going to give this a, you know, it's a 2.1. Okay. It's good. Episodes with a range of scores. <laughs> yeah, <ones>. absolutely. <laughs> we have a listener mini. Oh, who's it from? Tracy, Tracy from America. America. <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> I'm Tracy and this is a mini. So, I do have some issues with plot here. However, all caps, the dramatic and comedic timing, acting, and overall feel are working so well for me, I've decided to completely overlook the plot holes and talk about what I liked. Doc and Donna effortlessly crash a garden party in the 20s. They charm the lady of the house into thinking she's invited them, despite the fact that there are fewer than 10 guests present. Tracy goes on, Agatha Christie shows up. Then they find themselves all solving a whodunit mystery for multiple murders on a dinner theatre. When Agatha finally has it mostly figured out, she gathers them to the sitting room and hashes out what she's discovered. Donna even sits expectantly while munching food as if it's all on a TV show. Wait, it is! Donna's on the wrong side of the fourth wall. Someone pull her out! Where was I? Oh, right. Recall that the rest of the perform is drowned chasing his magical plot gem, which Donna throws into a lake, presumably on purpose. <laughs> Donna has what seems a throwaway line about how she couldn't help herself. I find myself wondering if this is a function of the fact that Agatha Christie's mind created the scenario. Is she directing both Donna and the Wasp? Ooh. Because so far, Donna is presented as quite compassionate and the Doctor does not press her further on this point. And that's my word limit. <laughs> and she gives this a rating of The Wasp! The Wasp! Oh, oh no, no, not the, the Wasp! wasp. <laughs> that's an excellent rating. <laughs> That's a really interesting, yeah. yeah. Second time in a row, by the way, Tracy has contributed with some serious cleverness. Uh, what do you think? Is she also just working under the influence of Agatha Christie's weird creativity gem energy shit? Well, no, because if she was, Agatha Christie would be the first person to throw the thing in the lake. She's got the thing in her hand. She's the one with the, her she's, own mind. Yeah, fair Agatha's point. Agatha's the puppet master. She does. She's act. Actor. She doesn't act. I don't know. Well, she 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 has massive agency. Yeah, she she steals a car and just like vrooms down the road with that magic gem thing. But she's right. It doesn't. Um, Tracy's right. I should say it doesn't fit with what we've seen of Donna in the past because especially the um, Ood? not Rome Pompeii Pompeii episode and she was desperately trying to save people and that was like Drew's point yeah like that was the <laughs> thing that you kept hammering home was how good she was and how yeah. moral she was how compassionate she's the compassionate. heart of the show yeah and the, and yeah that just does go completely out the window so if it's not Agatha then what Donna just really hates what maybe Oh. I don't know. I just got it down to instinct. I thought it was just dead clever. Well, so you're clever. in the minority, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> like, Tracy seems to have reviewed this much more akin to my review. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is definitely and true. And also, where you say you didn't tell me where it was fun, just a, a lot of the, the questioning, the dinner theatre stuff Tracy mentions, all the dinner yeah. theatre stuff was fun, and that was a big part of the episode. Yeah. Except where Donna was involved. I mean, I, I didn't do it! But th I'm that scene... Oh, sorry, go for it. I'm starting to think I was a little harsh, but I think 
Drew was overly... Yeah. So you're saying that so someone I'm, in the middle, perhaps a little closer to your review than to mine, has probably nailed the perfect score. <laughs> I'm saying I'm balancing you out, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he loves praise <laughs> thank you so much for sending in your mini Tracy ladies and gentlemen of podcast land you can follow Tracy on Twitter high five her online I'm sure she will high five you right back she is at that's Fountain Tracy backwards Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. This was a lot of fun. Uh, next time, we are looking at... Silence in the library. The next classic is going to be... The Ambassadors of Death. Indeed, it will. And the next audio who review will be of The Cannibalists. Can people follow you online? Slash, would you like to plug anything in particular? Drew. They can follow me at DrewBackWhen on the Twitter box. Damn right they can. And Marie. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you do want to write in with a question for Marie, oh, then shit. email the mailbag whobackwhen at gmail.com. You can uh, high-five me online. I will high-five you back, most certainly. I am at Ponkin. You know how to spell that. Thank you so much for listening. Be rad and excellent to each other, ladies and gentlemen. Until the next time, ciao-ciao. Bye. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Find us on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who back when just got its very own Twitter account. No lie. So give us a follow. You guessed it. That's at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who review, new Who review, or still funny audio Who review. Cha ciao. Who back when?